0: Greetings to all of you, and thank you for coming back. It's time for another Once Upon a Time story. So many things happened a long time ago. In this particular case, I would like to look at the idea that those who are to meet will meet. That's something that comes up in A Course in Miracles and many other methods and processes and spiritual teachings as well. And it certainly is true. And we meet whomever always for our mutual healing. Even if it doesn't look like that, that's what it's for. So I'd like to tell you a story. This happened back in the early 80s in Washington, D.C. That year, Dr. Jerry Jampolsky, the founder of Attitudinal Healing, was at the height of his fame, so to speak. Everybody in the world seemed to know about him and his work. And Jerry and another fellow and I had created both a book and a project called Children as Teachers of Peace. And as part of the overall project, Above and Beyond the Book, someone who knew Jerry and was happy about his work volunteered to create 20 or so billboards, the regular standard size, 12 feet high, 50 feet long billboards. Put the cover of the book and the picture of the child who created the cover of the book, and then we could find people around the country who would donate billboard space, and put the idea up there. This Children as Teachers of Peace seemed to be a good idea. We were quite at the height of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, so anything anybody could do seemed like a good idea. So Jerry was to speak at a conference in July of that year in Washington, and we all had a sense that Tom and I needed to go as well. So we did, and we set up some appointments with some senators and some other organizations there that we thought would be interested in what we were doing. So this person sent one of these billboards to Washington, D.C. And when Jerry and Tom picked me up, about the first thing they said besides hello was, we have discovered the perfect place to put this billboard. And from the look on their faces, I thought, oh, I bet we're going to be in trouble here. What in the world are they up to? Because Lady Bird Johnson, you may or may not have any idea about, banished billboards from the city of Washington, D.C. when she was the First Lady. So when they come up with this plan about Here's where we're going to put up a billboard. You know it's going to be a clandestine adventure installed someplace where it doesn't belong. So they drove me to this place along Pennsylvania Avenue, the Capitol buildings in front. And for those of you who are not familiar with Washington, D.C., a lot of streets come in at angles and therefore create a lot of triangular-sized corners. As we were driving, they said, there there's where we should put the billboard. Well, and on one of these triangular-shaped corners of Pennsylvania Avenue and some other street was an abandoned, probably, bank building, something that was either going to be restored or put on the historic register or whatever. But at this point, it was just closed up across the front with big 4x8 sheets of plywood with about 1,000 flyers and stickers and notices and everything else on the front of it. It was literally totally covered with all sorts of little notices. So they said, there there's where we should have our billboard. (laughs) I thought, oh, what are we getting into? So we asked somebody that we knew from someplace who was a lawyer and said, what will happen to us if we march in and take over this piece of property and put a billboard up? And he said, well, you'll probably be fined. So we thought, okay, it's worth taking the risk. They're not going to put us in prison or something. So that was okay. Well, it turned out that Jerry was busy going to a hospital and meeting whomever. So that left Tom and the college-age daughter of a friend of his who lived in Washington and myself to be the billboard installation committee. Well, you should have seen this. What we knew about installing billboards was exactly nothing. And because I came prepared to meet with senators and not do manual labor, I'm out here on this Sunday afternoon in my dress and my high heels. So we're really pretty strange looking. We had come the day before and laboriously taken down all of those flyers so that at least it was clean. We'd gone by a store and gotten brushes and paste. What else? So we arrive at our site. Now billboards are 12 feet high and we have no ladder so we scurry around and find some milk crates of some kind. So if we stack two or three of them up, Tom is six feet tall. If he climbs up on the crates, and reaches as high as he can. He can barely get to the top of 12 feet up in the air. So you have to realize we start this at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, summertime in Washington. There's no way that you can hide what you're doing. There are tens of thousands of people driving by and walking by. So what we did was just say, well, this is our corner. You can't possibly hide, so we just claimed it as ours. This is ours. This is what we're supposed to do. And if anybody asks us, we will tell them that, that this is our job and we're supposed to be doing this. I have no idea what would have happened if somebody had confronted us, but happily they didn't. It's as if we had become invisible. Nobody paid the slightest bit of attention to what we're doing as we're struggling to put up these 10 sections that are six feet high and 10 feet across and they're supposed to all come together where all the seams meet and everything else. So we have about two of these up, and people said, be sure to be gone by dark, because then that becomes a dangerous part of Washington, D.C. We thought, well, no problem. If we thought it'd start at three, of course we'll be through by nine. Well, we weren't. But we had the most wonderful adventure because a couple of these sections into our installation, up comes this young black man, belligerent, a real chip on his shoulder, clearly expecting trouble, looking for trouble. And he says, do you all have a light? And Tom, without missing a beat, is very polite, very nice, and says, I don't have one because I don't smoke, but when I come down from here, since he's way up on top of his milk crate ladder, he said, I'll go check the car and see if there's a lighter, and then you can have a light. So, indeed, he does that. He goes over and checks. No lighter. Comes back and says so. Well, this guy just continues to hang around, but he was not quite the same. And then since he was hanging around, I said, what's your name anyway? And he said, Leon. I said, Leon, would you please stand back there? Because we're trying to wrangle these pieces into place, but we're so close, we can't see if the seams are straight, if they're going in an angle or whatever. So stand back there and tell us if we need to move this over, if we need to whatever to make this straight. So he did. Again, watching this man was fascinating. Pretty soon he was up leaning over my shoulder, If this isn't a sight to behold, I don't know what is. So he leans over and he says, you missed a place over here with the paste. Well, in no time at all, he becomes an absolutely indispensable fourth party to our billboard installation team. We simply could not have done without him. He was literally a godsend. And at some point, as it's starting to get dark, the girl had to leave. So that leaves the three of us. And we managed to finish, but long after dark. And by this time, he was like a beloved friend. It was amazing to watch this man soften and open up and be friendly and be cooperative and be so glad that for a little while, he was part of a family. He was part of something that seemed to be important to be happening. And we took pictures of one another in various combinations in the dark under our billboard. And we said, Leon, give us your address and we'll send you some of these pictures. And he said, I don't have an address because I just live on the street. It was just heartbreaking. You know, here's this wonderful guy who shifted into an entirely different human being right before our eyes had no place to live. So we said, well, we're going off to dinner and we gave him some money and hopefully have something decent to eat. And if we all just for a little while could come up out of our own self absorbed fear and reach out to whomever is around us. It's just amazing to think that quality and quantity of transformation that really could occur. And we found out, because we had people checking on this, that the billboard stayed up for three weeks. And since we were there a couple of days beyond this Sunday installation afternoon, we met with a, a few senators, including one of the senators from California. When we gave him a copy of the book, he said, I think I've seen that picture someplace. (laughs) And we said, yes, it's working. There's no way anybody could get to the Capitol building unless you crawled in the back door from someplace without going down Pennsylvania Avenue there and seeing this great big billboard up on the left-hand side. So we accomplished our goal of planting some seeds. We have no idea what people might have thought might have been stirred within them. But even if nobody saw a thing about it, being able to relate with this human being and watch him unfold and flourish and bloom was worth it. Not another thing needed to happen but that, and it was marvelous as far as I was concerned. A very good friend of mine has a saying, which is, bloom where you're planted, which is such a great idea. Instead of wishing you were someplace else, be all you can be right where you are and know that whoever's around you, all those other flowers in that garden are all there for our mutual healing and look around and see how lovely all your other fellow plants in the garden are. Seems to me like a great idea. Try it and see what happens. And bye for now and I look forward to being with you next week.